0: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday. It is Friday, October sixth. It's the first Friday and the first Freaky
1: Friday in October. I love to see it. It's here. the best month of the year. I don't love that yesterday it was a hundred percent humidity here and maybe a hundred <laughs> degrees. It not just that, did not it was- feel like fall.
0: Well, it does now because the that humidity. Like a big egg in the sky swelled <laughs> until it cracked into some of the loudest thunder. We were on your back porch <laughs> last night to the point you were like, that's just happening to us <laughs> right now. We can't do anything to stop this. And you're mm-hmm. right. It was violent thunder, so loud. We thought
1: it was talking to us. We thought we were communicating with s- someone, <laughs> certainly, because <laughs> we... <laughs> we would say something, and then it would be like, car, 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 "Like, don't you talk shit?" At one point, I just looked you. I said, "Stop making it
0: mad." I go, "Here's the deal." Everyone says we're going to run out of water. It's just pouring from the sky. Why don't we just take that and just... and it went, "Bam!" And I went, "I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I won't steal that idea." idea i'll let the rain go to the plants and the animals
1: I'm so sorry
0: <laughs> um yeah this guy wasn't having none of my bullshit
1: ideas last night which is fair no it was uh it, did we ever go in no we were covered <laughs> so i think that's fine then we looked up people what happens when you get struck by lightning and what, what was that was looks that? like lichtenberg figures the yes sh- that's uh
0: that was a wild thing. And uh separately I was then looking at wild videos online and happened to see some lightning strikes on a beach recently that was crazy. That shit is just it's,
1: it's wild. Un- you can't you can't control it. You can't no, stop it. It's just up there. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Cause this is not our planet, as Tommy recently said. When we were camping, he just looked around and said, this isn't our planet. No. We we just we just live here. Like we don't own this. Isn't ours. This no. is everybody else's.
0: You said, "We're the baby in the corner playing with our toy." Going, wow, this place is kind of big. It's mm-hmm. like, you had no fucking clue how big it is, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or how deep it goes. Yeah, just like that ocean on Europa, which I also learned <gasps> about last night.
0: Very exciting. And so I TikTok about the Jupiter moon Europa. If you're not following that story, there might be a big ass ocean, maybe full of space whales. We don't know. Uh,
1: Jupiter's ourselves out thinking about if we don't even know what's in our oceans, what could be living on a planet, another planet's ocean, Europa's ocean. And we decided space whales probably there. What do they look like? TBD. They look like regular whales, but they're in space suits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they have astronaut helmets <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> they're just in astronaut helmets. Well, I can't wait until the space probe lands in 2030 and we get to meet the space whales True. for the first yeah. time. Well, just as freaky as outer space is. So freaky are not only the stories we have for you today, but we have a guest story coming from Brandon of Southern Gothic that you'll hear at the end. And it is a perfect spooky story for the first mm-hmm. Freaky Friday of
1: October. It's a very good one to lead us into the most wonderful time of the year. That's
0: right. It's the most wonderful I got pumpkins time in front of,
1: my of the year. There'll be pumpkins and ciders
0: and evil bad doers and kids in their costumes and uh, I have pumpkins all out in front of my house. It looks like pumpkins threw up and I love them so much. <laughs> Thank you to our <laughs> friend many? Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie at Outdoor Aesthetics hooked it up with the pumpkins. I probably have 15. I'll post pictures. Shut up. There's big ones. There's little ones. One of the biggest pumpkins I've ever seen. It's amazing. I've always driven by houses and thought, what a bunch of classy bitches with those pumpkins. (laughs) How do you even know what pumpkins to pick or what order? Here's the deal. I don't. You find a friend who's a professional landscaper.
1: My and they bring good. them over to your house. Yes. Now my house looks fantastic. tastic. Well, that's great. Are they multiple colors or all orange? Different colors, different textures. I just mm, was like, oh like my some God, gourds. I'm just, I'm go You've out got and rub some gords. my gourds in there.
0: Like yeah. come on next door, this the lady's out there just rubbing her gourds all day. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me in my gourds alone. If I'm gonna rub my gourd, it's that's how I celebrate the season. So rub your gourd.
1: If you need to celebrate privately with your gourd, then go right ahead. Don't let uh, We have a mutual friend that is legitimately has a phobia of gourds. <gasps> gordophobic yeah. I don't She's know what it's, called. No, it's uh It's a. It's a guy, oh, no. <laughs> and he listens. So, hey, Kyle, I'm very sorry. Oh, God, <laughs> we we're just I'm sorry. triggered by this gourd talk. <laughs>
0: Also, we live near each other. Please don't. I'm sorry. Just avoid don't my house. Don't walk by Heather's house. You're oh. going to flip out. It's a, it's a gourd overload. I'm gourd. This is a
1: really difficult time of year for some people <laughs> that have There's, gourd phobias. You're seeing shit you don't expect to see. All One day, mm-hmm. all of a
0: sudden, the harvest comes. Bam! Gourd in your face.
1: Yeah. It's not good for everyone. Good for me and you, though. And good for the people that send in their stories in the sense that we hope that sharing them has made you feel better. Like we say every week, sharing is caring and that's, I'm sorry. That's what I say to my children every week. (laughs) What we say here is there's so much power in sharing and storytelling, but also sharing is
0: caring. You have to care to take the time to write the stuff out. So thank you for taking that time and caring about us. And all y'all, thanks for caring to listen. We hope we have a a lineup that will interest, perhaps upset, frighten. And at the end, it'll all wrap up with a nice, spooky Southern Gothic
1: moment. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. Content warning. This next one discusses allegations of child abuse. Well, this first one kind of dovetails with... What we've been discussing the last two weeks here with all of the JW stuff, this is from D, and it is called Hometown Monsters. Hello, my besties. It's been a weird few years to be a recently ex-Mormon true crime lover from Utah. Between this eight-passengers drama, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow, Corey Richens, the dentist who poisoned his wife, and countless Mormon-centric crime documentaries, my free time has been busy. And my search history is horrifying. I hail from Springville, Utah, a pretty normal town around the middle of the state, about 40 minutes from where you did your last live show, which I attended and loved. I want to share a gut-riching encounter my uncle recently had with the Frankie family. He was a primary teacher for one of the Frankie kids, think children's ministry slash Sunday school class, and said the boy was a quiet little sweetheart. Between COVID and the family's growing isolation he stopped seeing the boy so much earlier this year when everyone was starting to worry about never seeing the kids. My uncle saw this boy out riding his bike. He hurriedly jogged over to say, Hey buddy, how you been? I haven't seen you in a minute, but the kid stopped in his tracks. According to my uncle, he looked terrified, mumbling something like, sorry, I can't talk and turned to abruptly ride his bike back home. My uncle was upset by the interaction, but didn't really know why. Later, he learned that these young, young kids were likely left home alone when their mother traveled to southern Utah with her twisted friend and therapist to abuse her older children. They were threatened to stay silent and minimize contact with the outside world. Fast forward to August when this boy's two older siblings were found emaciated and injured, resulting in the arrest of their mother and her problematic therapist. Everyone from my hometown is horrified, and I've seen countless stories of people who have had suspicions all the way up to full blown run ins with this infamous therapist, Jody Hildebrandt. This community was just coming off the absolutely awful Chad Daybell case. Since the Daybells were also from this same city prior to their move to Idaho. I have a lot of theories about why Mormons are at the center of so many wild crime stories, and I'm so excited you'll be doing a Jehovah's Witnesses episode, as I think a lot of it will be applicable to the Mormon church, too. Always happy to be a cultural reference for any Mormon cases or cult episodes, as I'm a born and raised Mormon who finally realized the undue influence. Thanks, Steve Hassan and the Bite Model. Love you both to the moon, whether it's full of Batman or not. Keep it creepy. This case has uh,
0: (sighs) really made me sick to my stomach, as it has anybody who's encountered it. But I first encountered it because I accidentally listened to the 911 call of the gentleman who had found the young man. And the concern in that man's face and the way his voice breaks and stuff.
1: I hope the book is fully thrown at both of these women. It's, yeah, it's hard to stomach for sure. The, if you're not familiar with this case, uh, Google it, it'll, there's a million articles. Essentially, um, this woman was a, uh, influencer for her and her six kids. Yeah. Her and her husband, six kids. And it started out with like a YouTube channel where she would document, just their lives and whatnot, people started to be concerned with videos that were posted about how she would talk to her children, or it was very clear some basic necessities that were being withheld from them as punishment and and stuff, and she is a fucking monster man to watch those videos where her children look so broken and are just and she's just laughing, videoing them. After she went around the house and gathered up anything she found that they had left out in a garbage bag and then says, now you get to buy all this back. And then one of the boys goes, mom, my homework's in there. And the fear in his voice, knowing probably because if he doesn't get good grades he's going to be abused. And mm-hmm. now he also has to use his own money to buy back his homework because he happened to leave his piece of paper out on the table. And she wanted to teach them the value of being responsible and money. I hope she's taught the value of handcuffs on her wrist for a long Same time. Same with her husband. He he was husband. complicit in this too. And this quote unquote therapist who it's, it's all like um, conversion therapy, just yeah. abuse wilderness. Extreme camp tactics. It's awful. And she's now been arrested. One of her kids was finally able to crawl out of a window to Mm. go to a neighbor's house. And that neighbor is probably the one you heard the 911 call. Both he and his sister were starving. Duct taped. Yeah. Had the kid had duct tape on his wrist and ankles and cuts from it. When he showed up at the neighbor's house, they were dying of thirst and hunger, and uh, it's disgusting. It's awful, and these kids have a lifetime of therapy ahead of them. I'm so glad they're now in safe situations, and she is in jail currently.
0: Most definitely. It kind of shows you what happens, religious extremism mixed with – the exploitation of kids online. Like we had that whole conversation about when we, on our bonus content on Patreon of the life of a, the child of one of these mom bloggers and how much damage you're truly seeing done to the kids that we can't even know because it's the first generation of on demand, extensive child exploitation. And in this case, it wasn't just exploitation on top of it. It was abuse and neglect Mm -hmm. too. But at the very least, the mom bloggers absolutely are responsible for the exploitation of their kids, and we just don't know the long-term mental effects it's going to have on kids. But for these ones, I hope in the short term, they're getting, like you said, all the resources they can have because uh, sure. they need it.
1: Yeah, and from stuff that's starting to come out, no, no one has come out yet saying, I grew up in a family where all of my moves were vlogged, and I love it, and I'm very stable. That article has yet to come out, but many have come out from kids that are older now saying, uh, it ruined my life and now I don't have a relationship with my parents. Yeah. Now I don't have any privacy either. Any digital
0: privacy. And yeah, no relationship with mom and dad. So bless D, your uncle, for trying to
1: reach out to that kid. You know, just being
0: like, hey buddy, how you doing?
1: Yeah. I hope your uncle and your whole community that has been put through so much can really heal and Know that, you know, at least these kids are getting the help they need. Uh, several of the other families you mentioned, those kids are not going to be able to get the help they need.
0: No. Sinisterhood, will be right back.
1: Well, this next one is from Becca, and it is called, My Nightmare Narcissist Mother Almost Put Me in a Coma. And if the uh, subject line doesn't give it away, this also describes incidents of child abuse. Hey, Christy and Heather, I'm using a fake name here not to be so identifiable, although anyone close to me knows this story. I'd like to share with you guys a story of my own brush with true crime. I'm about to be 30, so this story was over 15 years ago when I was 14 years old. My mom was my best friend for as long as I can remember. I was very close to her. When I was 14, my mom told me she wanted to leave my father and take me. She claimed my father was abusive, though I'd never seen it. She had me begin squirreling away money and packing a bag for whenever we needed to go. I lived weeks on edge until she left with me. As we left, my dad was more upset than I've ever seen him in my life. He was absolutely broken and devastated. We moved in with my grandparents, and I only saw my dad every other weekend while divorce paperwork was filed. During these weeks, I started feeling super strange. I couldn't seem to think clearly, and I was exhausted. At night, my mom would give me medicine, which I thought was to help me sleep. I trusted her, so I didn't ask. It was NyQuil and orange juice. In the mornings, I would wake up and only see blackness. I felt paralyzed. I would have to will myself to move my feet my legs, all the way up my body until I could see again. It got progressively worse each morning. I knew it wasn't right, but something deep inside me didn't want to mention it to my mom. I followed my gut. The next weekend that I saw my dad, he could tell something was wrong with me. He asked if I was feeling okay. I spilled to him what had been happening each morning. He asked if my mom gave me any medication. I told him about the NyQuil medicine and orange juice. He slowly, gently led me down a road of who my mother is. She had, for basically my entire life, been a compulsive liar and true narcissist. She'd tried to hurt my dad before, but he was trying to keep the marriage together for my sake. He'd spent the weeks I'd been with my mom, desperately trying to find a way to get me back. The upending of my view of my mother made me physically sick. He showed me proof of things she'd done in the past— And I decided to stay with my dad In the following days, my mind cleared and I didn't feel exhausted or have the trouble waking up. I'd had my dad took me to a doctor and the best assumption we could all piece together is that my mother was giving me something to make me sleep. She was sneaking out at night and didn't want me to know the doctor told me I was likely showing symptoms of overdosing on whatever I was given and was close to a coma. I went no contact with my mom after several attempts to repair our relationship. She still does not own up to drugging me. I haven't spoken to her in over 10 years. I'm sharing my story to tell everyone to trust your gut and don't be ashamed to cut out toxic family members. There's life on the other side that has so much more to offer. Thank you for reading this, ladies, if you do, and keep it creepy.
0: Wow, that is... Something so eerie that you, as soon as you get away from her, you feel better. Yeah. And to think that you would harm your own kid
1: for something is, I just want to go out at night. The amount of narcissism yeah. that takes. I mean, yeah. There's been many cases that that's happened and um, it ends in death. Casey Anthony is a good example of um, what a lot of people believe is something like this was happening. It's disgusting to think you would do something like this to your kid for your own selfish gratification. Also, at fourteen, I mean that seems like it, there's more to it than just waking. Up. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. at fourteen, you can probably stay at home by yourself. It reminds me a lot of the show Sharp Objects on HBO. If you haven't seen that, I'm not. It's it's hard to watch. It's good, but um, Amy Adams is in it, but. Yeah. Stuff like this, it's bordering on perhaps even like Munchausen type stuff or Mm -hmm. keeping your kids drugged so you can do stuff. It's despicable. And I'm proud of you for cutting your mother out.
0: Yeah, you're right, Becca. It does not. There is life on the other side. It's that old adage of like, oh, blood is thicker than water and you're related. So you have to whatever. And it wasn't until a a family member who I'm related to by marriage was like, you got to earn your seat at the table. He was like, just because you're born into something doesn't mean you're automatically a member of that family if you don't act like a member of the family mm-hmm. in a way that supports the family. And getting your kid on edge and being like, you got a pack a bag. We can leave it any second. Oh. I'm made up baseless lies and then physically harming the kid or whatever.
1: And feeding them t-
0: lies about your dad. You grow yeah. up
1: thinking your dad's an abuser and then you yeah. find out it was actually the other
0: way around. So yeah, she didn't, that's a, uh, anytime someone goes no contest, it's like when someone gets a divorce from a shitty marriage, someone's like, I'm getting a divorce. I'm never like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Let's go you're celebrate. Choosing, yes. You're choosing the right path. So good for you, Becca. I hope you can find healing through all that.
1: For sure. Well,
0: this next one is from Ethan and the subject line is Sinisterhood gave me a stalker. Maybe. Hey y'all, as my tagline hinted at, you ladies are, in a roundabout, butterfly effect sort of way, responsible for my Freaky Friday experience. For context, I'm a 1L in law school in San Francisco, and you ladies, your individual life stories, and your pod are some of my largest inspirations for deciding to go to law school. Listening to you each and every week through my undergrad was a godsend, and somewhere along the way, the sort of wisdom and lessons you imbue even in the lighthearted episodes really helped steer me down the career path I've chosen. Anyway, this leads me to where I am now, living in the city for the first time embarking on my legal education. My story takes place a couple Fridays ago when my law classmates and I decided to go out to a karaoke bar downtown. I'm new to the city and honestly, new to adult friendships in general as most of my college experience thus far has been dictated by the pandemic and pandemic-adjacent policies. As such, going out spontaneously like this and randomly deciding to take Ubers across town was a new experience for me. We went to a bar downtown and drank, sang, and generally made fools of ourselves for a while. Eventually, my closest classmate and I, neither of which were drinking at this point and were almost entirely sober, decided to Uber back to her car and sit and talk until she felt completely sober to drive herself home. I lived in walking distance of where she had parked her car. This is when our situation occurred. My classmate called the Uber, which not only took forever, but when it got close, it looked as if he sat parked several blocks away for a while before making his way to where we were waiting. I never did find out what that was about. Once he was to us, before we could get in, some girl ran over, got in, and he drove away. At this point, we were feeling seriously frustrated because San Francisco is cold at night, and my Central Valley self is still accustomed to wearing Hawaiian shirts and shorts in August. My classmates ended up calling the Uber to see what the situation was. It turns out he picked up some random person instead of us. When he realized he had the wrong person, he just pulled over on some random street and made her get out. We didn't find out this part until towards the end. Otherwise, we would have just had her share our Uber because what the heck? Who does that to someone in the city? Once we're finally in the Uber heading towards my classmate's car was when things really got weird. As I mentioned, this was a night out with my classmates, but neither of us ever mentioned our school or were wearing anything at all to show where we went to school or show the program we were in. But at some point, our Uber driver explicitly referred to us as students of our specific school. I'm going to refrain from saying the name. He specifically named our school and referenced us being students, which was especially weird as my classmate is a slightly older returning student, so she doesn't fit the bill of the stereotypical student. Both of us immediately looked at each other in shock. How did he know? We know for a fact we never mentioned it. We tried to brush this off as we finally got closer to our other friend's address that my classmate had parked near. This was the real kicker for me. My classmate had parked around the corner from our friend's house. We planned to just walk over to her car, but instead of taking us to the GPS address we had given him, the Uber driver kept driving and stopped directly at my classmate's car to let us out. He even directly referenced it being her car. I was seriously freaked out at this point. We both quickly jumped out and into her car and he left without any commotion. While nothing specifically dangerous or threatening happened, I have absolutely no way to explain how he knew exactly where we went to school and which car was hers. Was he an amateur psychic Ubering on the side for extra cash? A stalker following my classmate? Or just a very deductive dude? I'll never be entirely sure, but I will continue to dine out on the fact that my favorite podcast sort of put me in fate's way of this strange psychic potential stalker Uber driver. Thank you, ladies, for everything you do, even if it does convince people to go to law school and encounter supernatural Uber drivers.
1: Well, congratulations on law school. That is not an easy feat. And Heather, I think you may be the reason that Ethan is now... Having some strange encounters. <laughs> don't sell yourself short, Judge. I think you have some things to do with it <laughs> Yeah, well. That is true. I also <laughs> am a member of <laughs> the legal community.
0: You're, I'm a member of the bar. You're a member of the bench. We both That's have true. our Bar own. and bench.
1: That's, That's right. That's going to be the name of our new restaurant we open. Hell yeah. This is super weird. This would it make me very he- uncomfortable. I don't like this. I didn't like knowing that they went to the
0: school and I didn't like going directly to the car no. instead of the address that was in the GPS. Cause like, it's just the address and just go to the GPS. I didn't ask you to take me somewhere mm-hmm. else. You could
1: maybe just deduce they were students. I mean, maybe one of them cause of just like the area, but not having any kind of student gear on and yeah. still making that call. But the knowing where she parked is that's unsettling yeah i and don't like that i mean when uber came around we all were like this is ridiculous none of, nobody wants to get in a car with a stranger then everybody was like oh no this is great and now we all use it but at the <laughs> same <you> time
0: <laughs> were you turning on uber we like, all wait. use it
1: but also i mean you know, and, you know we don't know who anybody is you know there's a
0: there's a percentage of people both on the driving and on the rider side that are yeah off the wall uh as somebody that i love call my mother whack doodle there's just <laughs> wackadoodle, like no, there's just yeah bizarre behavior weird stuff and i will li- on reddit i'll end up on the lyft driver rep uber driver doordash driver mm. subreddits For two reasons, one, because sometimes the stories are very juicy, but also sometimes it'll be like, I really hate when writers do this, or I really hate when people who order food do this. It would be so much easier if this, I'm like, oh, well, if it's easier and they're less likely to, I don't know. Fucking spike my ranch dressing like a football <laughs> on Christie's porch. I'd like to know a way that I could be more helpful, but uh, you should you should share this in the Uber forum and see if maybe uh, or we can share a link to the episode in the Uber driver forum. Like, how do we think this driver knew exactly what this car Ooh, was? That's a good idea. From? And then the driver
1: responds and is like, "I know everything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need the point of view of that driver. Uh, yeah, you bring up a good point though. It's not only drivers it's writers and there have been issues on both, both. sides so to yes. take on the job of like i'm gonna have a bunch of strangers a lot of them gonna be drunk getting in my car doing stuff that's a decision that you got to be real comfortable with too right that you
0: uh that have your back turned to them honestly and in my yeah. case and the last time i got an uber in san francisco i had a big jar of juice that i was trying to hold and the driver slammed his brakes so hard it was a glass bottle of juice that bitch rocketed to the front <gasps> didn't break i was like nice this glass <laughs> so i was shocked um but he was like you see how these other people drive i was like i did but i also saw you run up on that guy real fast so <laughs> yeah it's fine. uh so... san francisco it's take no prisoners though i don't oh, know it, blame is. Them. That yeah, is wild. it is it uh, is you uh, well, can't
1: you can't be uh Light on the gas pedal when you're trying to go up and down those hills. No, you got to... Otherwise, you roll backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's very dangerous. It's a lot. Uh Well, Ethan,
0: congratulations so much on law school and on surviving this harrowing incident. I, uh, I Let us know what rating you gave him. Five stars. Right? Knew more than I could have ever imagined. Took me where I wanted to go without me even telling him.
1: The only thing I can think of, and if this is the case, I feel like... You have to disclose this. But if you said, oh, yeah, I've been driving people around this area all night. Now now I'm saying this out loud, saying, and I saw that you parked over there. Still doesn't (laughs) make it better. Never mind. Never mind. Horrifying. It doesn't make it better. I've been
0: watching you. I saw your car. Yeah.
1: In fact, maybe it's
0: worse. The only thing I could think is maybe in conversation, you accidentally let it slip and don't remember. But I don't know. I doubt it. Like, you'd remember being, like, in my car, which is a blue Nissan Sentra parked, you know, three blocks away. hmm Eerie. Well, let us know what y'all think, listeners. Yes. How do you think they knew? Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Emily, and the subject line is, Not on my damn birthday. Greetings! First, let me say I absolutely love you both. You've helped me get through some really rough times, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is a short one, but boy howdy. Later, I'll write down some of my other experiences, but for now, let's get into it. This happened on my birthday. I'm kind of having a shit time of things, and so I'm not super stoked about my birthday. My sister and I decided to keep things low-key and just take my pup, pick included, for a walk and hang out. It was after dark, so we decided to go to a park on the safer side of town to walk my dog. We got birthday ice cream sandwiches on the way and headed out. Being a woman, I have pepper spray on my dog's leash for human and animal issues that may arise. When I get nervous, I usually keep it in my hand, but the park we went to is empty, and so my pepper spray was hanging on my leash. I had an ice cream sandwich in one hand and a flashlight in my other. The park we went to has a sidewalk that follows the outside edge of the park. It's a big oval. The area near the street has lights, and so does the part near the playground. There's only one area that's really dark, and that's where it happened. My sister and I were chatting away, eating our ice cream, when a person on a bike silently appeared from the darkness ahead. My first thought was how dangerous it was for them to be riding without a light. They were nearly on us before we saw them, and we had just enough time to scoot over. My annoyance was quickly replaced by heart stopping fear. When I got a look at the writer, he was wearing black and white clown makeup. I shit you not, my heart dropped into my nether regions, and I thought, I will not be murdered by a clown on my damn birthday. I was fumbling to grab my pepper spray and trying not to drop my ice cream sandwich. My priorities are sometimes, well, dumb. I managed to get my pepper spray in hand, and my sister lit the way with her headlamp. When I peeked behind us, the park was empty again. As quickly as the clown had appeared, he was gone again. My sister and I headed directly to the car and left immediately. No one was murdered and all ice cream sandwiches were saved. Once in the safety of the car, I remembered reading on our local Reddit thread that there was a guy who liked to wear insane clown posse makeup and hang around at the local parks. As far as I could remember, he hadn't done anything to anyone, just managed to creep people out. If I ever see him in the light of day, I'll get a pig and send it to you. Hopefully, I can go the rest of my life never having a scary-ass clown right out of the darkness toward me, though. Keep it creepy, but not clowns-in-the-dark creepy, because for fuck's sake, I'm getting too old for this shit.
1: I knew as soon as it was black and white, I was like, this guy is an ICP fan. Juggalo. He's a juggalo? Nothing wrong with that? Yeah. You might not want to ride around a park at night. With your Juggalo makeup on, in the dark,
0: it's your right to do that. But the the danger is someone might pepper spray you in the face because <laughs> yeah. you're to yeah, them yeah, yeah. you're just a clown on a bike riding at them. So to be safe, you want to bring a jug of Fago on a front bike. <laughs> you need a basket on the front with Fago in it. You need a little <laughs> Bluetooth speaker. hanging that's playing the music, and he needs to. I don't know what the Juggalo greeting is. I'm sure they have one, but I can just. Oh,
1: maybe there to. is greetings, one. Let's Hello, see. Juggalo, greetings, Juggalo, and how are ye this fine evening? <laughs> and uh, a, a oh, picture. <laughs> Wait, did you not see the Fago? Emily sent a picture of her dog, her sweet quick. little doggy, who reminds me a bit of Toto. and yes. the fact of like Toto, and then this person on this bike <laughs> 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 but, but instead of dog- the wicked witch it is a juggalo <laughs> the juggalo stole my dog <laughs> maybe That's the, the juggalo stole your dog <laughs> maybe the juggalo ate your baby the
0: juggalo ate my baby <laughs> Uh, it looks like a dog I used to have before she uh, died of old age, but named Princess is what. Oh, this that happens, dog was doesn't like. it? Yes, she lived like a very, very long. Um, God, that dog was twenty-some because she little ones. Oh will last yeah, for we a had minute. a
1: dog, a uh, dachshund named T Rex. He lived into his twenties. Such also, a good name for a dachshund. <laughs> oh, he was great. He was little TB. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, he was great, but he lived. Um, Oh gosh, I think he was 21 or so when yeah. we finally said goodbye. So don't hang in there. He well, he was up there.
0: Emily, don't feel bad about your priorities. When I was held at gunpoint, I uh rescued the ice cream sandwiches that we were at my apartment to get a hold of. My brother in law went to confront the well, by confront, he was like, get out of here, man, which is a great <laughs> way. I imagine how Tommy. So by held at gunpoint.
1: It wasn't as if they had a gun pointed at you while you were trying to eat an ice cream sandwich. Truly.
0: We were trying to get in the car. I had a box of ice cream sandwiches. A guy tried to rob us, uh, m- starting out with my very large brother-in-law who looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And <laughs> my brother-in-law just turned around and went, get out of here. And the like, <laughs> He's like, I, gotta, I have a gun. I have a gun. And my brother-in-law goes, you think this is the first time I've had a gun pointed at you? You're wrong. Damn. Get out of here. And I was freaking out. And then my our other redneck friend went, gun, I got a gun. And then ran around and he was reaching under the seat. Well, the, the young man ran away. He was very afraid. And then my friend goes, oh, man, it's my wife's truck. The gun's not in here. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> cool. So we didn't have any weapons. We just yelled a lot. And
1: anyway, I had
0: the ice cream sandwiches that we had gone all the way to my apartment to retrieve. And as they were like, Oh, what do we do? We were almost robbed. I was like, let me go get those ice cream sandwiches. Someone dropped on the ground. And I picked
1: <laughs> them up. And they were like, really I mean, Heather, that was your priority. I was like, we came all the way. for If you them. went all the way back there for them, it would be in vain. Had you not <laughs> got them. What was the, the point <laughs> of being nearly held up at gun If you didn't get your little ice cream treat, the best part good
0: point you gotta get it the best parts are th- our other friend rennie just sat in the back seat and was like
1: i'm not getting out and I was
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting wrong. Yeah. And he was like,
1: i'm not fucking with that nope <laughs> i'm gonna stay right here but also it wasn't like he tried to climb over and drive away he was That's just kind of slinked down in the back like just maybe like, they won't Lop. see me back here <laughs> He's just sitting quietly in the back like, I have no beef with you.
0: Take the man's wallet and go. <laughs> Take but the ice we cream sandwiches. Yes. And the ice cream sandwiches survived, especially if it's your birthday ice cream sandwich. Don't feel mm-hmm. bad about prioritizing
1: that over you, the pepper spray. You got to. Man, at worst, what? you could just huck it at the Juggalo. Yeah. What a headline that would have been had she pepper sprayed this juggalo. <laughs> juggalo pepper sprayed. Oh, the makeup runs cream. so fast, too. <laughs> oh, no. So like when the cops the- show up, you just look like a really sad clown. because <laughs> It's just it's streaming like- down your face.
0: It's like, I'm not a clown, I'm a juggalo. Well, son, you
1: were a juggalo until someone fucked up your makeup. <laughs> now you're just a sad clown. Now you're just a sad clown. Oh, I meant to look up if juggalos have a greeting. Let me we see real know. quick. Before we end this, we Do have Do juggalos have a greeting? <laughs> <laughs> how to be a juggalo. 12 steps with pictures. Yes, WikiHow. <laughs> okay, Siri. Because a big
0: part of it. I imagine this isn't a non threatening Oh, schedule.
1: I just she just said that's not nice because I called her you dumb. I didn't even finish my sentence. <laughs> You're like, I was gonna swear at you. <laughs> it she was knows. gonna be worse. She knows. But that's the I think
0: number one of being a jugglo is being nice because if clowns yeah. although some clowns are evil, I believe the thing of all jugglos are welcoming and nice.
1: Yeah, their whole thing is they are supposed to, they are very inclusive and welcoming that's and accepting. True. Uh well, If you want to know the 12 steps, I'm just going to go through real fast. One, listen to the popular hits from ICP. Songs like Photograph, Great Malenko, Hocus Pocus, Boogie Woo Woo. Number two, memorize the lyrics to key Insane Clown Posse songs. Chicken Hunting is a great song to memorize the lyrics to because it is the most played at their concerts. Okay, they never do a show without Chicken Hunting. No, it's not a true ICP show if you don't hear Chicken Hunting. Three, listen to other artists with Psychopathic Records. That is the record company co-founded by ICP. Good for them. Then... You gotta attend events. You gotta go to a concert. You gotta attend a gathering of the Juggalos, which those look like they are something else. I've watched. A party. I've watched several documentaries, and I feel like I've been there. Then you need to attend a Juggalo Championship Wrestling event. You well, got to. Well, well, well. Didn't know those were a thing. You gotta uh, take the belt home. the uh, juggalo championship wrestling it's a professional wrestling promotion founded in 1999 well they have just diversified their portfolio this was founded by icp that's smart stuff happening all over the place living a juggalo lifestyle also very important to do that you need to drink fago soda what i say you also need to talk like a juggalo okay here we go juggalos have their own catchphrase or battle cry they also have different words to describe themselves. Okay. Knowing the juggalo lingo will help you submerge yourself in the juggalo lifestyle. Okay. The phrase whoop whoop is whoop, the whoop. juggalo's catchphrase. It's two whoops. Whoop whoop. whoop, whoop. This is what That's juggalos... Easy. Yeah, it's easy. If you're this riding
0: is, a bicycle, you can go whoop whoop and then yeah. people know
1: you're a juggalo, not an evil clown. Whoop, you whoop. should have your, um, your horn to where it makes like... <laughs> when you squeeze it. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) This is what juggalos say out of excitement, encouragement, or just a general greeting to each other. General greeting. When you like another juggalo's makeup or outfit, shout whoop whoop to them. So this is good to know. If you see a juggalo riding at you again, Emily, just shout, whoop, whoop. If they return it, you know you're okay. If not, get out the pepper spray. Then it's an evil clown. If you go whoop, whoop, and they don't whoop, whoop back, if it's like a honk, honk, like a clown horn, that's when you pepper spray. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's good to know that juggalos call themselves ninja. It's It's common to yell, whoop, whoop, ninja, to a fellow juggalo. Then if you yell whoop whoop ninja, you're going to get a whoop whoop back for the, the juggalo on wheels. The, the and bike. if you don't, it's pepper spray.
0: Then you burn, burn their There's
1: face. There is also, oh my, did you know, Heather, that they have their own social media site? What do you think it's called? Oh, something
0: about an axe. Don't they do things with axes? That's like their little logo is like the guy, hatchet. Something with a hatchet.
1: Okay, I'm wrong. It, it could be, but it's juggalo book.
0: Oh, well, that's better than anything.
1: (laughs) Why did (laughs) I waste my time? They went simple on that one. They kept it simple on (laughs) that one. Um,
0: I like the name of a thing where it explains it in the name, which is a Facebook for Juggalos. Juggalo book. Like,
1: don't overthink it. Oh, wow. Okay. We've all been talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. May I introduce to you... The Juggalo coin, which is an internet-based currency to make purchases online. The Juggalo coin is set up to be a currency Mm -hmm. only to be used by people accepting of the Juggalo lifestyle. It was created to know that when you spend your money at a business that accepts the Juggalo coin, you know your money is supporting a fellow Juggalo. You can also use the Juggalo coin for charity by sending some to a Juggalo in need. The coin is designed to keep the money in the Juggalo family. Now, I don't know if this is going to be accepted at, you know, your local Target or Starby's, but you can try because you never know who's working the drive-thru. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you're like, would you, can I interest you in some juggalo coin? <laughs> They're like, well, the conversion rate for one value meal to juggalo coins, 1300 juggalo coins. <laughs>
1: like- you are correct. Wear hatchet gear. The in sound Clean posse's logo is the man with the hatchet. So when you sport that people can easily identify you, you need to be wearing that. If you're riding your bike in full makeup. Mm-hmm. And lastly, celebrate juggalo day. Oh, <gasps> Oh, my goodness. I thought the most important thing that happened on February 17th was the birth of my <laughs> husband. But it turns out that that is also Juggalo Day. February they 17th. The they did. I feel like this is intentional. Chose- February 17th was declared Juggalo Day by the Insane Clown Posse to thank and celebrate their fans. Celebrate Juggalo Day by drinking Nothing. Nothing. Fago, brush day. your teeth with it, shower with it, douche with it, wash your children with it, <laughs> brush your teeth with it. If you got a swimming pool, better be in your pool. Yes, drink it after a run. Just <laughs> <laughs> get together with fellow juggalos to celebrate, or throw a huge house party and invite all the juggalos you know. Check juggalo book to find out where juggalo day <laughs> celebrations yeah. are taking place. Also, if- all of your juggalo decorations can probably be bought with juggalo coin. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I now know what I'm doing for Tommy's 40th. This now we know. It's, his 40th. <laughs> it's an ICP themed party, and we're having Juggalo themed
0: party. Do you remember last year when we went to Denver in the fall and they had that big ass cascade, that champagne cascade at the Brown, yes. the Brown Palace Hotel? We're <laughs> gonna do that cascade, but it's gonna be a fango cascade. Okay. We're that was two-story. Um, yeah, that was 2 stories tall. <laughs> a Two-story tall pyramid of champagne glasses. We're going to get a cherry picker, a lifter-upper, a scissor lift. And then up there, we're going to pour Fago as it runs down. And then everyone Heck can yeah. come and get their glass of Fago, And we'll raise a glass and we'll go, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, ninja.
1: Yep. And uh, we'll all have a happy juggalo day. <laughs> everyone has to be in makeup. You don't get into the party if you're not. No choice. You should wear a hatchet shirt. And... um it's ICP music all night long. Chicken hunting. Which did we even look up what that song is? It's graphic. Okay. <laughs> well, as then our, everyone as our can- most most of their lyrics are fairly <laughs> graphic. Can go listen on their own. <laughs> the then. thing about
0: the thing about ICP is I don't fuck with them musically just because we have different tastes, which is fine. They probably don't like what you know. It's not that I don't like it; it's just not my choice, but. Lifestyle, personality-wise, I couldn't love them more. I'm a huge fan. Well,
1: you know what? I think that's... They're just funny and delightful. According to that wiki page, you do need to listen to their music. But I think if you just immerse yourself in the culture, eventually... You're going to be a fan of the music. It's just going to happen organically.
0: It's going to be like through osmosis. I'm going to just be (laughs) – every time I drink another cup of Faygo, I'm going to like it more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to wake up one day and I wouldn't have put the makeup on. It's just on me. Yeah. (laughs) then I can't wash it off
1: either. It's on there permanently. (laughs)
0: Permanently. Well, I didn't have – learn how to be a juggalo on my bucket list for today. But you know what? I've done it. And check and check. I am so – happy that Juggle day is also the day of tommy's birth. so good it's gonna be so good you think i'm lying about a fago cascade we're gonna do it now
1: you think i'm lying about a, a fago a 40th fago uh, i'm gonna workshop what these invitations look
0: like it, it's like tommy's turning 40 isn't that insane clown posse, clown posse parentheses <laughs>
1: And then it's Tommy's just turning four. Go!
0: Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh man,
1: Tommy's not gonna know about this until he listens. Y'all don't tell him it's a surprise party.
0: Don't tell him it's a secret. Just him it's for is, him only. It's only for him. <laughs> wow. Sinisterhood will be right back.
1: Well, I wonder if Brandon Schnecksnyder is a
0: is a juggler, you think? Well, the thing about Brandon is he's into all kinds of cool, spooky, ghosty stuff. So I feel like he would be down to talk about some ICP with us because he was very down to talk about all kinds of other spooky stuff with us. And that is who you are about to hear is Brandon from Southern Gothic. If you're not familiar, Southern Gothic covers ghost stories, haunted places, and spooky stuff from the American South but better than that it is actually researched by a professional archivist who is also Brandon's sister Brian so love that. she's I love it. She works at the Louisiana Historical Center in New Orleans in the French Quarter. She's got a master of library and information science and a dual bachelor's in history and English, which is exactly the type of person you want writing the script of a podcast that wants to dive deep, not only into the histories and mysteries and spooky part of it, but the actual historical elements of, uh, of relevance kind of makes us think of a uh, history does, that doesn't suck, which we also mentioned in our interview.
1: Yes, and uh, they, the professor and Brandon are friends. What I love is Brandon specifically, they like to cover stories that aren't very well known, but they're all about the South. And there's so many spooky, creepy, weird, fucked up Southern stories. And uh, this is one of them that you're going to hear. It's a, It was a spine tingler.
0: It's a spine tingler, and that the best part of Southern Gothic is Brandon's voice, which oh you all hear us enjoy. And you will enjoy yourself. He's great. So please enjoy our interview with Brandon from Southern Gothic. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday, and we are joined by a very special guest today. We're joined by Brandon Sheck-Snyder of Southern Gothic which has become one of our favorite podcasts recently. I I just told you, Brandon, I fell asleep listening to you last (laughs) night. I hope you took that as a compliment. (laughs)
2: That says more about you than it does about
1: me. That's true. That's true. Very creepy stuff in there. I'm going to start saying that because people will often say, I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings. I'm like, if listening about true crime and paranormal <laughs> is how you relax and that's fine by me <laughs> no exactly. judgment no
0: judgment well if any of you listening have not heard of southern gothic it features captivating storytelling i'm telling you i was so immersed sucked in a beautiful soundscape and it's all stories mm-hmm. around her, the haunted places and the eerie happenings of the american south so what kind of got you into starting this i know you have a very A clutch researcher and writer on the show. That probably had a little something to do with the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, my sister, Brianne, she's my kind of partner in crime on the show. She's the silent partner because she's an archivist down at the Louisiana State Museum. So she's a researcher by trade. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, she she goes in that museum, she can pull out all the old newspapers and everything. But but I don't know if y'all know much about archivists and historians like that, but they didn't really want to be seen ever. She really enjoys <laughs> kind of she's very much the quiet type. So she leaves me to kind of tell the stories. But uh, you know, the way we got into this is is we joke, it's all our parents' fault because we grew up down in New Orleans. Mm. And our parents were really into genealogy and this was back in like the eighties and the early nineties. Right. And there's no internet yet. So yeah. that meant we like once went. a month, we were headed to cemeteries up and down the Mississippi river. In That's Louisiana. amazing. So yeah. we were at cemeteries all the time, you know, they drug us to libraries and all. And, you know, obviously Brianne kind of took the route of, of getting into the research part and she really yeah. got into that. And and obviously I got into the little bit darker part
0: with hanging
1: out. With <laughs> <The cemeteries. ghost. laughs> and so, uh,
2: so yeah, so it was really the, this was something that's kind of been infused in us since since we were we were little tykes, I guess, you
1: know. I love that. Are your parents uh, avid listeners? Do they love it?
2: You know, I'm not sure. I know they're they're supportive.
1: <laughs> they're <laughs> proud of
2: us. I know I, I know that they've watched, you know, when we do a live show or something and we'll send a video, you know, they always seem to watch all of it and seem to watch some of the live streams and all, but um I, my aunt actually, she's a very big supporter and she always likes to give my mother grief like, "Look at what you did to
1: those kids." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um this is – I'm looking into my future, basically, because <laughs> oh, no. my children also – I told you a second ago, the bookshelf that I'm looking at right now that's just like spells and potions and horror uh, that they see oh, yeah. regularly. Our daughter is very familiar with Pennywise yeah, uh-huh. to the point where like, yeah, she refers to it by name almost daily, so – They're probably Um, headed down a similar path as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My
2: (laughs) nine-year-old is, I mean, listens to everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you. Like, she's on Spotify listening to all the shows and all. And so, oh, man. (laughs)
0: All down, yeah. <laughs> we think and we always joke like, I'm oh, like, I used to watch like crazy stuff and I read American Psycho in like seventh grade and I turned out to be <laughs> a true crime podcaster. So it's fine, right? Yeah. Probably <laughs> had nothing to do with any of that about yeah. what we took in as children. Yeah. I wrote a book Goosebumps.
1: report on the Bermuda Triangle in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Goosebumps obsessed with all oh, that, Goosebumps so. was great. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries was a big one That's for what me. did it
2: for sure. Yeah. yeah Do you remember In Search Of? That was that was the show that so really on ramped me. It was Leonard Nimoy. It was Spock, and oh, it was kind of like it was like a paranormal heck? show, but like it, it was reruns. I think it came out in the seventies, but they were rerunning when I was a kid before school, and so that's how I watched oh, it. And it was everything from awesome. like the Loch Ness Monster, Bermuda Triangle, all that stuff. And uh, that was that was really. I mean, that I show that. right there.
1: Oh yeah. That right be before school. school, you walk into yeah, exactly. middle school and you're like, let's go. I know the truth. What are we you learning like, today? Yeah. Well, I hear about Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll talk about Atlantis. I'm not trying to do algebra right now. I need to talk <laughs> yeah. to you about there's a kingdom under the sea and we need to discuss <laughs> yeah. it. What is happening? Well, what, how do you come about picking some of these topics? Is it stuff that your sister comes across in the archives or things that you remember from your childhood or just like, yeah. Oh, that's a big one. We've been meaning to cover it or it's kind of, Combination?
2: You know, honestly, I hate covering the big ones. I don't even yeah. like doing the big mm. ones. I think so many people do them. I really enjoy finding the smallest ones you can that have depth. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you just have all these places all over these small towns in the South. You know, we stick to the Southern region. And, you know, sometimes we. We will have um, listeners will send us stories or something. Sometimes, just tangentially, we'll find a story off something else. Uh, you know, obviously, ba- looking back there, I got the bookshelf with all the stuff we've acquired, <laughs> all these old books. I go to use bookstores and I look for books that you can't find on Amazon and all, too. Yeah, so, we've been trying to that. find stories. Heather likes to do that. Yeah. You know, these old mm-hmm. ghost story books that haven't been published in 40, 50 years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, what I like the most is when we can find a story that's never even been taken out of a small town um, in like any kind of mass like quantity, right? Like maybe yeah. it was published in a local press or something. Maybe it was something that is on their local ghost tour, and there's a couple of YouTube videos, but it might have a lot of history behind it as well. So. Um, you know, that, that's not great for people who, you know, the SEO of a podcast, right? Like, (laughs) you're not going to come find me that way with these stories, but it keeps it interesting and it keeps it a whole Mm -hmm. lot of fun, you know, and the folks from those towns, I mean, obviously they eat it up when they hear, you know, the depth of it. Cause you know, the, the kind of the running motto of the show was like, we want to take the stories that like your mama told you and Mm -hmm. we want to go find out what really happened. And that's kind of what the shtick is. So.
0: I love that. The oral tradition so strong in the South of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, the boogeyman or this is going to, or whatever. And yeah. then to have that depth of bench of researcher of your sister to be able to say, oh, well, and I, I thought that was really fascinating about the railroad bill mini episode that I just listened to of like contextualizing why a legendary figure like that in that time would have come about and would have be been made such more of a legend than he just it's just a guy robbing trains. But yeah. whenever you bring in that cultural context around it, it just it like enriches the story. And with the soundscape, so do you do all the sounds in the I show? I love the too? soundscape. The I soundscape's
2: do so good. Yeah. So I my my trade my craft. I, I was an audio engineer for years up on Music nice. Row in Nashville. So I uh, oh, made fantastic. a lot of records. And uh, I did did a lot of music, I know. And I just I got tired of making everybody else's art, and
1: uh, you know decided (laughs)
2: to come do this. And uh, so, yeah, so I mean, I kind of you know that was my leg up in coming into podcasting is I kind of understood audio already and understood microphones and how to do everything. so
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a huge leg up because the- <laughs> we did not understand any of that, which is why our first uh, twelve episodes are not available because they sounded like such trash, and then Tommy had to self teach himself everything from YouTube, yeah. so to have that kind of background is a huge advantage to pivoting into something like yeah. this.
2: Well, I'm not it's saying the first song. few episodes didn't suck. Don't get me wrong here. Okay? <laughs> I mean, they definitely, we're definitely finding our way. And I, look, there's a, there's a songwriter, uh, uh, something that one of my songwriter friends says around town here. He says, the first hundred songs don't count. So mm, just go ahead, dang. get them out of the way, suck at yeah. them, and let's move on. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, it was true here too. Don't
0: worry. Brush off the dirt.
1: I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: well, we hear you may have done a little bit of on the ground research for one of these stories that you're going to share with us today.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: You ready to get
0: freaky? That's <laughs> Are what you we ready? Always say, Let's I mean, get freaky.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I I am ready, but am I ready really? Because I don't know what I'm about to hear, but I'm ready.
0: I have a pumpkin spice latte, so I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready nice. ready then then You won't freaky. fall
2: asleep when I start telling you about this <laughs> awful thing. I a diet Coke.
0: I'm also yeah. not
1: going to fall asleep, but I wouldn't
2: anyways.
0: <laughs> Never. No, you're possibly? Pretty, I'm telling you, it's so good that I woke up and
1: rewound it.
2: <laughs> you rewound it.
1: <laughs> and your voice that. is so it's just awesome. the perfect uh-huh. for especially like a Southern you know, spooky uh, podcast. Perfect voice.
2: Yeah. Well, thank it. you guys. Yeah. Do you
1: hear a lot? Do people tell you all the time that you have an accent? We hear that all the time and we don't hear yeah. our own accents and I don't hear one in you, but do you I get that? Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I think people point out some things that I mispronounce that, that is part of like the new growing up in new Orleans thing Mm -hmm. that people don't realize because new Orleans has almost like this kind of like lazy Brooklyn thing when it gets
1: really, you know,
2: know, like if I go down there and start, the draw starts coming Mm -hmm. out more and more. And so, you know, there's some things that definitely in the reviews sometimes will be like, ah, you say this like this and like, well, you know, that's That's how uh, my mama did it. Yeah. yeah, right. It's on New Orleans, I is it? I, I try, I do, but uh, you know, it's yeah. People expect a little different accent from New Orleans usually, so it's mm. kind of a, a shock to know that the city boy from New Orleans sounds mm. more, more, more Canadian almost sometimes.
1: <laughs> I New it's Orleans, like, you know. the Canada of the South. That's, that's, what, that's what they call they say, it, right? <laughs>
2: Oh man! Look, well, you'll get me on tangents because I could tell you all about the Cajuns and all, but uh oh. you know, but but my story actually is from Charleston. So I, you know, okay. I kind of picked a another port town, if you will, than New Orleans. I, I tell so many New Orleans stories that that this summer I decided to go out to Charleston and visit. Now, right. you know, if you go out there, it's just it is. You know, I like New Orleans and Savannah. This is just chalk filled with haunted places. I mean, the place Mm -hmm. is old. It just got stories on top of stories. These things have just evolved over time. There are, I mean, hundreds of ghost tours you can take at this point, right? Pirate tours, everything creepy. If you go. And I was fortunate. I got to visit my friend, Mike Brown, who he's the host of pleasing terrors, a podcast, which if you've never heard of it, it's kind of like, he's like the Dan Carlin of the spooky. He doesn't come out with a lot of shows very frequently, but what he does, it is insanely researched and beautifully written. So I always recommend that, but, but I went out to Charleston and we actually decided to leave the city and go to this little cemetery on what's called a disto Island, about 45 minutes away from Charleston. Okay, and this is a sea island out there, and, and these old sea islands, what they were is that they would grow what's called sea island cotton back in the day prior to the Civil War. Okay, it's very high, high profited cotton. Uh, people up in Europe, they just it was like silk to them, right? Just they ate it up, made a lot of money, and so of course these folks in Charleston, as you can expect, they were just rich, right? I mean, they were mm-hmm. just making money hand over fist, and they'd of course own their house in Charleston, and then they're their plantation out on the sea island. Well. We went down there to visit the Presbyterian Church on Adisto Island, man, and it looked, when you pull up to it, it looked like all of those low country TV shows, like all the Nicholas Sparks movies, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, the beautiful <laughs> moss-covered oak trees. Yeah. And the, I just-
0: island where the murdoch family had their beach house yes is that what it was yeah Yeah. okay Mm
2: -hmm. exactly i mean it was just gorgeous beautiful white cemetery this old antebellum cemetery out there and just this this graveyard attached to it that just has these tombstones that are you know over 200 years old in some cases right just Uh a long history and it's all the same name all these rich planter families in it but they have this one Mausoleum in the back of the property back there. And it's this rust colored mausoleum and it doesn't have a door on it. It's the Legree family mausoleum. It doesn't have a door so you can even walk into it. And according to legend, they had to take the door off because it kept opening. Every oh, time they'd go uh-huh. and they'd lock the door <laughs> it would wow. it would just open. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Well, then I then I know who to not invite the next
0: time I go to a, there. A, <laughs> I'm just saying if I worked point. there I'd be like
1: take the door off. I'm not messing with that. <laughs> take the door off. Are yeah. is someone going in or someone coming out is the question exactly. or both. Either it way. It's a revolving door. They come out and they go back when they're
2: finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, we decided to go in and check it out, but I, I'll tell you a little bit about why they took it off before uh, I tell you about my experience in the in the mausoleum itself. So, uh, you know, the the mausoleum, it's called the Legree family mausoleum. The Legree family, they were one of those rich planners there. And John Legree married a woman who was the daughter of Captain William Seabrook. He was the richest man in Charleston. He had, I mean, just, he was running ferries, had this property, all kinds of stuff, and And uh, uh, Julia was about 22 years old and she's out there with John on a disto island. They're visiting some families and she started to get ill while she's out there on the island. And, you know, they're a little bit away from home and a little away from Charleston, a little isolated. So they had to get a doctor to come all the way down and check her out. Now, she started, probably had like a sore throat, which she noticed at first. And, you know, eventually probably a little bit of a cough came through, maybe felt some swelling. And by the time the doctor got there, he looked at her throat and noticed there were even white patches that were starting to appear on her throat. And he knew exactly what it was. It was diphtheria. Just a horrendous mm. disease, if you can imagine. So obviously you had to keep the family away and had to keep her isolated there because it's so contagious. This is, this is back in uh, 1852. She's only 22 years old. So there's really not much they could do. Mm-hmm. Just over time as they're waiting to see what happened, she actually just got worse and worse. And eventually she just slipped into a coma. Oh. Mm. And after a few days, the doctor, he would come and check and he'd check every day and check. And then finally one day, he declared that julia had died okay right. so of course with diphtheria being so contagious right and and we're also in Charleston. So this is just humid as can be, you know, oh between God. those two things, oh, no. it's like we've yeah. got to bury this body as quickly as possible. We don't want mm-hmm. this. We don't want this to get around the rest of the family. We also mm-hmm. don't want her body to start decomposing too mm-hmm. quick. So the family, of course, they prepared her body for burial, put her in a beautiful white dress that, you know, that she loved. And they brought her down to the Presbyterian church in Adisto Island. And they brought her in this Legree family mausoleum and they interred her the same day that she was declared dead. Then they closed the door and they locked the door. And over the following few weeks, folks around, when they'd come to mass or to church or they'd come to services, say you'd hear somewhere in that cemetery, the sound of what was like crying or screaming like a woman could hear this out coming out of the cemetery, but nobody could quite pinpoint where it was echoing from. And eventually it just died down. It just died down and nobody, everybody went about their business. Nobody thought anything of it until about 10 years later. Ten years later, Julia's brother passed away. He was fighting out in the Civil War. Uh, he gets killed in the Civil War, and his body's sent back home to be interred in the family mausoleum. So, of course, the family, they prepare his body as well. They take him down to the Presbyterian church. They go to their old rust-colored mausoleum, and they go to unlock that door. And as they open the door, they hear the crash of bones come out the door. And what <gasps> oh. they find is they find julia's body there all bones with her white dress crumpled in the doorway
1: oh my god she was alive i knew when you said declared alive. dead that it wasn't true that is my oh my god she was buried alive but in a mausoleum
2: absolutely yeah so oh, of course the door Jesus. had scratches on it from when she oh,
0: was oh, out. And that's who they
2: heard screaming around that that, that church here's just
0: just an idea for a cemetery <laughs> standards and policies. If you hear uh-huh. wailing and screaming into the night, just put your ear up against some stuff and see if maybe
1: <laughs> somebody needs to be fucking let out of somewhere. Oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah, what did yeah. we recently watch Heather where they had maybe the asked. bells on the outside of the graves and they said that. And they were ringing them because people would, it, like this they didn't really know and then someone might get buried and they would ring the bell so they would this is oh, the, the nun oh, is what we nun. were that's watching. Oh yes. did you
2: see the new movie? We we I haven't seen the mention. first no. the
1: second one. <laughs> the first I thought I yeah. scared the shit out of
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a trailer for the second one and I was like, Well, I don't want to go in raw to the nun too. Yeah. <laughs> I need the
1: backstory. We won't know what's happening, <laughs> we clearly. Because like,
2: yeah, that's what I was about to do. But,
1: but uh, they needed a bell so she could ring she the bell. Yeah, oh my god. This was a real
2: fear back then. You know, legend says that George Washington actually on his deathbed asked, please don't bury me for like a week.
1: Because he was concerned
2: the same thing. So this was a real fear. You know, and, yeah. and you can imagine opening that door, you know, this family, they're already, they're mourning the loss of the son <sighs> at this point, you know, had just been killed at war. And then they come and they open this door and oh. they find that their daughter had been oh. interred and they basically murdered her. You can imagine children, just how yeah. horrific this would have been for them, you know, you but, so you know, bad. they carried on, they, they picked her up, they reinterred her in the cemetery. Uh, they, they brought, you know, reinterred, closed the door, shut the door. And about a week later, they come back to pay their respects and that door is open. Oh. They shut the door, they go off, they come back, the door is open. And nobody knows how many times this happened, but it didn't take long for them to be like, you know what? Julia does not want to be stuck in this mausoleum
0: anymore. Wow. And they pulled that
2: door off. So to this day, if you go down there, like I was saying, if you go down there, that door is entirely gone. It wow. is a mausoleum. You can walk in, you can look at the walls, you can step inside and everything and and of course I had to go inside too and yeah. you know I'm I'm not much mm-hmm. of a ghost hunter I you know I like telling stories I like doing the research going to the libraries and all I'm not really like a device guy the the evidence and stuff a lot yeah. of friends who do it they're a great job at it. I'm not patient enough I think that's the problem okay I can't, I can't <laughs> sit around and wait for any of these guys but but we did take with us we took dowsing rods with us just because we were playing oh, with dowsing yeah. rods at that point you know and and my girlfriend had gotten a pair and those if, for anybody who doesn't know these are these are like l-shaped copper rods mm-hmm. right And what you do is you hold them in your hand in front of you and, and, and supposedly you can talk to spirits with the energy and they'll make movements, right? And if these two rods, they happen to cross in the front, you're asking a yes or no question. If they cross, it means yes. If they go wide, it means no, or, you know, it can do other things like that. So we decided to go in and try and talk to Julia at that Mm. point, right? Because even though I can go back and I can find all this research and I can prove she was buried there, obviously you can walk in and see, you know, yeah. we've never been able to find any actual primary sources on whether or not she really was buried alive. I can, mm-hmm. I can coordinate the dates. We can, we can line all these things up. But did this really happen? So, you know, we went to the source with dowsing
1: rods. right? You <laughs> got go to go straight to the source. <laughs> after. Even so, if they're in another realm, you got to go to the source. I, why not always try, try it? to get? You should try yeah. to get a comment. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> always
1: try to get a comment, no matter living <laughs> dead. Lied.
0: No
2: comment. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I should have asked. I know. No, you know, we we went in, you know, of course, and I just went and stood inside there, right there where she's interred and asked, Hey, Julia, are you here? And of course, you know, they crossed. Yes. I mean, just right out of the gate. So, So, you know, so I asked, Well, where are you? And of course, the rods kind of turned over to where she was interred, and just turned in that direction. And you She's know, like, I, I can be down. skeptical with some of that stuff, but it was—it got a little creepy. And this was the middle yeah. of the day, y'all. I'm not that yeah. adventurous either, right? <laughs> you Looking know, but 3 we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With no, the this, was, hour it was, like, this mausoleum. It was like lunchtime in the mausoleum. <laughs> we were having yeah.
0: Julia. Would you like a sandwich? And then just crossed <laughs> the middle. Um, well, you came at yeah. lunchtime.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she totally. But she wanted shrimp and grits this is
0: charleston
2: (laughs) uh, (laughs) we asked her you know we asked if it was true or not and you know and she she said no so i i I don't know if it's true or not but we did ask at that point they went wide it said no that didn't happen but i asked do you want me to keep telling your story anyway and it crossed right into yes yeah. So, so whether or not, you know, whether or not we're going to believe the dowsing rods or anything else with, with Julia's tale, you know, this is keeping her memory alive. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that I, I really love about telling ghost stories is, is uh, she was a real person out there, right. you know, and, and you can go visit this cemetery today and you can check out that mausoleum and, and it is a blast of beautiful cemetery. So. Absolutely. I love how
1: respectful you were to ask if yeah. you wanted if she wanted her story to continue to be told. You
0: gotta ask.
2: Yeah, I well, that. you know, I what I've learned that, in all that. my years of telling ghost stories, and, and especially with doing kind of ghost tours on the streets, right? Like doing, doing guiding ghost tours on the streets. What I've found is that if you are really honest with your telling and you try and be respectful, that's when people have experiences on your tours
0: mm-hmm. it's it's never mm-hmm. when
2: you get something wrong it's never anything like you know they're not coming out and smacking me upside the head or anything <laughs> they're like oh, yeah man. <laughs> you know but but if you tell the story if you really it, it seems to be those are the ones that that they'll trigger and they'll they'll respect so you know yeah. it's a it, it's a blast doing it and i and i love telling stories that way for sure
1: that's amazing
0: Sinisterhood will be right back. as a ghost if I heard someone telling my story wrong I would be like I'm not giving you the satisfaction of thinking I'm real but you're right (laughs) on the ghost tour in New Orleans like we were down an alleyway and the tour guide said this is a bit of a sad spot but I want to take a moment and remember there was a man who was often seen out here and he would like set up shop right here and he was recently killed really tragically and I just like to sit here and take a moment for him and the lights around us like flickered up and she was like hey Charlie or whatever and we were all just like looking around and she was just like I I don't normally do this. I just felt real like I wanted to stop and pay my respects. And we were all like, oh, okay, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Hi! Or whatever his yeah. name was. But you're right. It w- that ghost tour was not a like, ooh, the dirty details of his horrible death. It was like, yeah. hey, we want to stop and-, yeah. and mark the remembrance of a friend. And I think that's the ultimate fun part for me of ghost stories like you said if you think back to julia that if you would have told her you know hundreds of years ago people in the way 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 distant future that you can't mm-hmm. even imagine are going to be saying your name and talking about you and
1: talk trying yeah. to talk to you it would blow your mind yeah yeah oh truly and also what an honor but and yeah. that is the power of like storytelling <laughs> especially in the yeah. south is you know to keep the the legends alive by passing them down over generations
2: Brandon, yeah. what's
1: uh what's the creepiest thing you encountered when you were doing your ghost tours?
2: You know, most of the ones that we'd go on, it, it was always stuff in windows. Most of the time oh, it would yeah. be people saying things in windows. It would feel like people feel like they're getting watched. There's stuff like that. So that mm-hmm. was just the most common. Um, you know, I do it. There was this one occasion though that really blew me away. There was a guy at the very beginning. Look, it, when you do a ghost tour, there's always like the person who wants to be on the ghost tour and then the person they dragged with
1: them. Yes. right, And,
2: uh, you know, so you kind of have like a, skeptic a crowd and in the about, believer. Yeah. yeah. Like two mm-hmm. thirds of your crowd wants to be there. And then the other yeah. third's is going to stand in the back grimacing. And it's kind of like, a you know, it, it becomes a challenge to get them involved throughout the tour, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and this one gentleman, he, he, you could tell he was there because of his wife, but at the beginning of the tour, he wanted to talk to me because he was really in a history. Right, mm. he was really in it and wanted to hear more about the history of the place. And we were chatting. He's, of course, oh I don't believe any is skeptical. Blah, blah, blah. And we get to the last spot at the very end. And um, it's a, it was a spot. It's a very, there's a lot of paranormal activity. It's the only really spot in this, this small town of Franklin where, I, where I give tours, where, where people want to do ghost hunts. They want to actually come, come inside and do the, you know, the whole deal, wow. right. It's one that's really active that way. And, After we tell them the stories and stuff, we kind of let them go up on the porch and just kind of peek around and see if they can get a vibe. This is a big dude. This is probably like 6'2", big guy. You know, and, and he hadn't really, he was all right across the tour, but he went up on the porch and everybody's up on the porch, man. And dude came flailing down the stairs after being up there for about a minute. I mean, like I I thought he was going to knock somebody over and I mean, Uh. he showed me his arm and it was like just all the hair on his arm and he had gotten so freaked out up there. And so like, I don't know what experience, you know, he kind of just said he just got this overwhelmed by it all at once. Mm. So I don't know if, I don't know what the paranormal happened to him that night, but of all the things, just the way that dude looked coming down those (laughs) stairs will forever, forever stick with me about the weird stuff that can happen, you know?
1: It's It's a (laughs) genuine, raw fear. Like you're like, this wasn't, made up i'm witnessing yeah. like yeah. A, a real reaction from someone that you didn't expect it out of so there's a lot of credibility to that i think when that stuff mm-hmm. happens
2: oh yeah yeah there's no jump scares it's
1: a testament to your great storytelling
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah or
1: i mean like you said like the was it the ohio state reformatory heather where we did the tour and the basement that used to be the showers oh yeah yeah we um when we went in there, I mean, there was just this overwhelming oppressive feeling and our friend Leanne was with us and she started crying and the tour guide was like, this was one of the roughest areas because it was down in the basement. It was so isolated. It was the showers. So a lot of like, you know, beatings happened here and everything and just the energy and feeling down there skeptic or no skeptic you can't deny like how oppressive it was so if he walked up there and just like overwhelming sense of like weird energy that you're not used to it's it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. and
0: you're looking for it not looking for but maybe more open to an energy you're not normally thinking about because you're but when you're on a ghost tour you're you've opened that eye Mm -hmm. of yourself and all of a sudden it brushes right in
2: Yeah, Yeah, we we did something recently. We went to Waverly Hills in Louisville, the the sanatorium.
1: Oh, we just did a listener tale um, about their experience at Waverly Hills. Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, you know, again, I I, I'm not really a big ghost hunter, and my girlfriend Heidi actually is the one that goes to the picks the really creepy ones that we go to. So she's the one that was like, "We're going to Louisville and going to this," (laughs) and um, and she picked the the midnight to six a.m. tour. Okay, That's- it wasn't a tour. It was like the wander around the building, right?
1: Oh, okay. you don't even get to go
2: see it during the daylight. You're pulling up and you're seeing that big shadow of that giant. Oh, um, you know, and and she's she's tough, you know. So she's not doesn't get scared off. And we, she even did when we were in the morgue part. She she got in one of the the drawer things. Okay, so she's I mean, the she's, bravest
1: person I've ever I, heard. I mean, of. like, come on, <laughs>
2: yeah, she you know,
0: yeah. got in the you morgue know. drawer. Oh, yeah, no. she got one of the
2: morgue. I a picture of her in one of the morgue drawers. Now you know, I mean, like. It's like, so anyway, she she, she is no, no fear of coming to these places with me. She, again, she's the one that gets me to get the extra scary ones. (laughs) But, uh, but we were on the third floor, just like you're saying. And, um, we were up there and we were walking around and, and I was there again. I wasn't using devices or anything, man. I was there to see a shadow person. They're supposed to have shadow. Mm. I was, I was keeping my, I want to see a shadow person here, but man, we were on the third floor. And at one point we're just walking down and she just grabbed my arm and she's like, we're getting out of here like we like we wow. are not and just i mean immediately was like we're turning around and going i do not want to go down there and what
1: was the third floor
2: you know that, was it that a spot over there floor? no it was just this this spot right here so this was the one where i believe it was uh, if you'll ever hear the story about the the axe where the kids were trapped so these kids were trapped oh. in the uh, the stairs there or something and trying to use an axe to get out and then finally a security guard came and just opened the door and it oh, wasn't no. locked in, it, but they couldn't get out. Yeah, oh, so. wow.
1: So, this was af- years after yeah, years it had after been closed, that. and they were just there exploring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. it's a, you know, but uh, the place, I mean, it's got spooky vibes everywhere. That place is just, sure. it's so haunting being there. But, like yeah. you're saying, it's it's energy just as much as it is actual spirits, right? That energy mm-hmm. is so pervasive. And I think yeah. a lot of people, that's the first thing that people notice when they go to a haunted place is they just feel like they're they're not supposed to be there or something, mm-hmm. you know?
0: It's like heavy longevity, darkness. All that darkness, mm-hmm. especially a place like the old, we would call them now a mental health treatment facility, but back yes. then the yeah. asylums, which were in most cases just torture facilities. And so that much concentrated human suffering, I think it can't not leave some type of energy mark yeah. there just yeah. because it's just so much and such oppressive energy. But I think coming in with like a, a positive non you know zach bagans ish like let's find ghost <laughs> but you know coming in to be like would you like me to tell your story are you yeah. here what's your presence anything like that but that feeling sometimes it, you don't need to poke a ghost you just have that feeling like those i ain't going down there yeah, we're yeah,
2: getting out exactly. of here exactly
1: i did not get yeah. in the
2: morgue drawer by the way you i'm just gonna not. put that on the disclaimer
1: <laughs> did they close it or did she just lay on the t- the like thing they pull out or did they Fully push her in and close well, it. She
2: got in. Like, it, there wasn't a <laughs> door on it. So it's not like we closed her in, but she got like all the way in.
1: Wow. Like, I mean, she, you
2: right, know, right. I mean, look, I, you know, I think part of it is that, you know, 40. I don't I don't think I was getting out if I got in. Maybe that was just <laughs> yeah. as much my fear. They're like, just but leave man. me. <laughs> she was yeah, yeah. the medical examiner.
0: Like... I'll be here. I'll yeah. be here. Find my mausoleum. It's fine. That's though yeah. man just
1: be like, all right. If they're offering it on the tour, though, it's I don't know. I might have done it. If, I I yeah. think I might have. I'm like, you're there. You have to make the most of it. It's a once-in-a-lifetime uh-huh. type thing. So, but then you know. That's how you get cursed. So I don't know. know. Don't
2: (laughs) Don't, yeah. Just do not tell yourself you only live once before you do something (laughs) like that. Don't
1: say that. It's true. It's true. Bring
0: enough friends to help you get off the table because that's always important. You don't want to have it be in your obituary, trapped at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium Mortuary, due to her own silliness.
1: Would you say that is the most haunted place you've ever visited? As far as the feeling you got,
0: Um, you know,
2: there's a. I I would say that was the most like kind of famous haunted place that I've been, that I've gotten that feeling. You know, there's, there's, there's a place down here in Franklin, a Masonic Hall, an old Masonic Hall down here. Mm. And it was, it was the field hospital for the U.S. Army after this bloody Mm. battle. And it just had so much stuff going on as well. It's been around for 200 years, built, I think between 1860 and 1825. Um, That building still kind of, I feel like, I feel like the second you walk in, it just feels like the walls talk to you. Whether or not we're talking about ghosts or spirits or anything, it's just a place where, as soon as you cross that threshold, you just feel like you were somewhere else almost. And um, wow. that's that's been probably the most the most I've felt somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but Waverly certainly. I mean, out of all the places I've gotten heebie-jeebies, there's. Uh, that would be one yeah that would be uh, I
1: would, I would, yeah i recommend I think it's a hot it if you want to go at
2: midnight yeah yeah
1: <laughs> i'm here for it i want to do the midnight yeah. 6 a.m tour heather we're doing it we'll do it we're going to waverly hills <laughs> we're doing it
0: Buy a ticket. uh is yeah. the masonic hall still used as a hall
2: it is so the one here but in franklin
1: having meetings with is, a lot yeah. of attendees <laughs> it,
2: exactly
1: yes most of them you cannot see <laughs> yeah, it's a wow. three-story
2: building back in 1816, 1825. It's been nothing but a Masonic hall for the entire duration. There's still those those men are still in there and everything, and still the yeah, second floor and everything still has everything going on. There's they they move some wall coverings on it and everything, and um you can see old scribblings on the walls even oh, from the soldiers that wild. stayed there. It looks like a men's bathroom on this one wall because of all the like colorful limericks and junk, but. <laughs> you
1: know, <and laughs> I, so I, I didn't eerie.
2: mean to come on here and plug it by any means, but they're actually doing tours this Halloween. So if you're in oh, Franklin, that's awesome. oh, wow. plug you it, actually please. can uh, go to FranklinWalkingTours.com. They, they're they doing tours for, I believe every Saturday leading up to Halloween in October. And I mean, they just released it. And it is it is not open to the public often because it is still a working Masonic Hall. So it's a really Ooh, rare opportunity if fascinating. anybody's in middle Tennessee. Yeah. yeah we, we might, might have,
1: have to go to Tennessee, Tennessee Heather. Heather. Right? Yeah, we'll take we take a trip. We never turn
0: down a trip to go to Nashville. It's fun. We had was oh, yeah. Brandon, we had a great time last time. We gotta get back. Oh yeah, Nashville's great.
1: Here. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: a, little yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Do you ever had any experiences at the Ryman while you're in Nashville? do you believe the hype about it it's uh about yeah. maybe uh oh hank walking back and forth between the what is it the orchid I mean, behind uh, it i think orchid. my
2: experiences at the ryman were other spirits if you know what i mean it was never, <laughs> it was
1: never <laughs> it was, it had a little too
2: much fun there and wasn't really looking <laughs> for the paranormal but uh you know i've been there i've been there a few times for sure but
0: no, Man. no
2: I've never had anything like that
0: we did a tour of it, yeah. We were we didn't feel anything too eerie in the auditorium, but I bet like big the backstage area late at night probably does have yeah. some weird vibes mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, that but we did go over the to the Wild
1: Orchid. Is that where we had those frozen yeah, drinks we that were so good? That was like Kalua. they're like frozen Yoo-Hoo. Oh gosh, but you know what I'm talking Who's about, Brandon? It? What is it? No, Moose City. Mean-
0: no, it has um, Kahlua in it. They have, oh, they have a wild name and I can't think of it. Like yeah. a white
2: Russian kind of deal or something? You see, hey, we could we talk. Yeah, but I think they me. were
1: specific to um, that area. My friend texted me about them. I could probably find it. They were so good though. But um, yeah, <laughs> like one of those. And we were like, whoa, it What's- is two in the afternoon bushwhacker bushwhacker that was it
2: oh okay
0: all yes right. yeah, i knew yeah. i find it I, I can't believe
1: we forgot that that's what it's called <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can't believe i thought you said moo city what is wrong with me <laughs> nothing i think uh we were
0: just like it has something to do with bush moo milk something cow i don't know but we figured it out <laughs> we got there but they were delicious oh, so man. we all Got absolutely. there. Oh, Bradon, we had such a great time talking with you today. Yes. I really want to go on that walking tour. If anybody listening is anywhere near there, pl- and if we can't make it, y'all go and write us a Freaky Friday story about it because I want to know. I want to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Come see us. For folks who want to hear more Southern Gothic, where can they find you on on podcast apps, on the socials, all that good stuff?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, wherever you listen to this show, get on there, look up Southern Gothic Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we're not on Stitcher Steve. anymore, are we? But we got uh <laughs> we, we got the Amazon Amazon Music, the whole a whole gamut were there. you were on YouTube as well. Oh. And uh, have our website, southerngothicmedia.com. You can hit us up Fantastic. there.
1: Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate it. Yes, it's been so much fun talking to you. I can pick your brain for hours about all the cool places you've been to and your sister who maybe we uh, could do a – Oh yeah! secret meeting since she well, doesn't like to be in out. front of the camera <laughs> yeah
2: yeah her and the cats will have to come she's still coming <laughs> yeah like uh, you didn't yeah. have to say
1: she had cats we all figured that well, you knew that
2: already i know and they're all named after ghosts so you know we're really yeah.
0: oh, wait, what are they, <laughs> yeah. are they really <laughs> thank
2: you guys so much for having wait, what me, are the though. cats
0: names wait, <laughs> sorry
2: All right. She's got Delphine, which is uh, the little Lori. Okay. She has one that's called Dixie, which was years ago. We we tease her now. It's awful now. But Dixie Beer in New Orleans, there's a a haunted brewer, brew house. Oh. So
0: it's named Um, for the brew house. Yeah. And then (laughs) she just
2: recently named the most recent one that she just, I mean, literally a week ago, she got a new kitten. Uh, called Josie named after Josie Arlington, who was this infamous madam down in the red light district of new Orleans. Oh, oh. And uh Brianne spent a lot of time researching that. And she has this, we have an episode on it. If you guys are ever interested, she had yeah. a, a tomb, a mausoleum that was haunted and supposedly the statue of her came to life at night and would walk through the cemetery.
0: Oh, so, definitely gonna listen to that episode 100 yeah. i had to ask because when we went to the stanley in colorado oh. our, our ghost tour guide had some cats and i asked the name of one of them but not the other and to this day i'm like i wish i would have known that cat's name was so
1: thank you for telling me
0: i would have been wondering i would have had to
1: email you it would have been a whole thing so yeah. thanks for being with us today well, <laughs> what we're well, also learning you. is um people need to check mausoleums more yeah just there's check- got to be I mean- uh, checks and balances on what's going on in we need a ring doorbell camera inside the mausoleum, oh, like did, a baby monitor. Really,
2: no, in- that would be.
1: Oh, <laughs> a teddy, oh. a nanny cam is just a teddy bear with the camera oh. just sitting in the corner. Oh, the oh. things that thing would catch. Oh.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Well, we've all sufficiently freaked ourselves out. But if anybody else wants to freak themselves out more in such a captivating way, check out Southern Gothic wherever you get your
1: podcasts. It's
0: a perfect uh, way to celebrate spooky season all year oh, round. Yeah. So. Thanks for what Absolutely. you do, Brandon. Absolutely.
1: Thank you yes. guys for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here.
0: Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for talking to us. And thank you all for listening to our Freaky Friday this week. We've got some things we want to tell you about here. A little announcement for you. We don't normally, we normally tell you where we're going to be performing, but we thought since you're listening to Freaky Friday, you're listening to a fun Freaky Friday interview, you might want to see one of our Freaky Friday friends. That's right. Professor Greg Jackson from History Doesn't Suck is going to be here in Dallas, Texas. You're listening to this hopefully right when it comes out on October 5th. And that means tonight. I'm sorry, right when it comes out on October 6th. And that means tonight, October 6th, 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Wiley Theater in Dallas, Texas. You can catch our favorite professor, Greg Jackson, as he performs The Unlikely Union, which is all about
1: defining moments in American history. I wish so bad we were going to be in town to go to this when he talked about it. On our Freaky Friday, we were like, oh my gosh, this sounds like like such an incredible show. And he does so much research and he's such a great writer. He spent so much time developing this show and it's a a one-man show. It's going to be very impressive. You can travel back in time through epic storytelling of familiar and unsung real characters from history and return with real context for today. And that's what we like about Greg
0: Jackson. He's not only just bringing you the cool historical stories, but putting it in context of why should we be listening to it or talking about it or why does it matter? And uh, we thought you like Southern Gothic, you like uh, Professor Greg Jackson, you're going to love history that doesn't suck Live. So check it out at the Wiley Theater
1: tonight at 730. Speaking of theater, Heather, we're getting back on the old high school theater (laughs) stage for a brief appearance. But don't think that I'm not going to make this night all about my return to the stage. (laughs) You and I, what we're
0: talking about is on what is the spookiest day? It's Friday the 13th. It's got to be. And at 7 p.m., you and I will be at Newman Smith High School in Carrollton, Texas, and doing a very brief, fun guest appearance in the play of Clue. Clue is one of your favorite movies. If It's top three. I talk about it quite a bit. And in the live version of Clue, it's you have the two detectives that kind of pop in, just similar to the movie. And... They're going to be a rotating cast of guests. So we have agreed to be the guests for the spookiest day, which is Friday the 13th. And the really best part of it is we're doing it all for charity. So Newman Smith High School is a Title I school. In Texas, that means 73% of the students are economically disadvantaged. It's a 91% minority enrollment. And their theater is a self-funded theater program, which means that it's not totally funded by the school, totally funded by the district. The students often have to come up with money to participate, which isn't fair. Every student should just get to participate. And because of that, uh, Newman-Smith doesn't want to charge the students' fees, so they rely on their booster club and outside donations to let the kids go to things like the Mastro uh, Arts Workshop, the Texas
1: Thespian Convention. yes. Oh, Did you yes. go to the Thespian Convention? Um, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> well, as a proud member of Troops 6292
1: from John Horn <laughs> High School,
0: I think all <laughs> students should get to go to the Thespian oh, Conference. Oh, yes, they fees. should.
1: <laughs> I the <laughs> will not besmirch. The name of my old theater teacher because she is no longer living, but she had a bad experience there and then decided no one, we (gasps) couldn't participate. And that's the only way you get scholarships with theater is UIL. So... We didn't get to do UIL, and then the year I after I graduated, they hired a new theater director, and then they went on to UIL and won a bunch of shit, so that's cool. But a lot of my friends that stayed in it did end up getting theater scholarships after that when they graduated, so that's nice. See, and that's the wonderful thing
0: about theaters is something that the kids can do, be passionate about, and maybe even get their college paid for. So your donation goes to help that. Check the link in our bio for how to donate. If you're in Dallas and would like to see the wonderful production of Clue, Newman Smith High School in Carrollton, Texas, come and see us on the freakiest of Friday of all, October 13th at 7
1: p.m., and we'll pop on stage. But mostly, it's just a good-ass play. I remember our middle school did this play, My class wasn't in theater that semester, but I got to watch it and it was very fun. And I just like say, there's no small parts, only small actors. And while we may only be on stage for like a minute, we will make the most of it. (laughs)
0: We'll make all the most of it. To prepare, we have the full script that uh, Lindsay Power Key, who's the director of this and a dear friend of ours and officiated my wedding, uh, gave us a copy of the script so we could prepare. It, and instead, we just read. We did a dramatic reading of the whole thing out loud on Christie's
1: porch. Yeah. So. Just Heather and I playing all of the characters. Was fun. it chaos? Yes, it was. But we still <laughs> successfully did it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> what does Sinisterhood do for fun?
0: That. <laughs> That we sat on Christie's porch and we did a live reading of a high school play, and it was so fun. It was great. Just so, just the two of us, we had different <laughs> accents for each character. Was awesome. it, I, I was proud of us, it was great it was 10 out of 10. I'd go see it again, uh, but uh, we're not <laughs> that's not what we're putting up. What's really going up is the much better acted and rehearsed uh, clue at Newman Smith. So, check the link in bio for more info, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you on Friday the 13th. If you don't come,
1: you'll be cursed. Uh, that's just yeah, how it works. That is what happens, yeah. Well, thank you again to everyone that sent in their Freaky Friday stories and to Brandon from Southern Gothic for talking with us. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. We've got all sorts of stuff that we just recently posted.
0: And this week, we got all new true crime headlines. We're talking about updates in the Murdoch case, the Ellen Greenberg case, a a small update in the Idaho murders case, and we've got uh, some non-true crime content. If you need something lighter, we've done some recent Ask Reddit. Anytime you want something wacky, just scroll back through to like Judge Christie or Amma the Assholes. Those are always a hoot.
1: There's an off my chest that (laughs) has... Was it off my chest or Ask Reddit? The tampon? Fiona and the tampon? It has garnered more comments than I think any... Post oh, we've yes, ever had.
0: Yes, yes. It was just what we – sorry. I was like, what tampon? Yeah, duh. We just did a whole <laughs> long thing about it. There's a tampon mystery. This lady keeps finding tampons in her house, and we can't
1: figure out why, and please help. So please – your- We think her husband's <laughs> having an affair. We can't prove it. But everyone in the comments also thinks something very sus is going up, and there's a lot of suggestions as to how she could figure this out. So if you want to get in on this mystery that is still not solved, we're actively trying to solve it. Please. Go – to sinisterhood dot com slash patreon.
0: Yeah, just click it in the top banner. You can also, while you're at Sinisterhood.com, click shop in the top banner and check out Sinisterhood merch. We've got t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, clothes for your kiddos. We also have some new stuff like a new crew neck sweatshirt. sweatshirt. We have a new hoodie with a nice kangaroo pocket. And we have a very cool beanie with the Sinisterhood logo in purple with like a white outline. It's a black beanie. It's very warm and cozy, and it fits snug and nice down on your head. It's not going to be cold enough to wear it on our
1: trip that we're about to go on, but... I'm, I'm just going to wear it as soon as it gets cold here. (laughs) When you brought it over, you got the, we got the sample in and you wore it over. Tommy and I were both like, yes. They are like, Looks very good. Yeah. Very fashionable. So go to sinisterhood.com, click shop on the top banner and get yours today. While you're there, you can also review the show, follow us on socials and check out the episode description for more fun, like topic based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can
0: follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood SinisterhoodPod. You can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can watch our full interview with Brandon from Southern Gothic as well as all of our other Freaky Friday interviews at YouTube.com uh, slash Sinisterhood Podcast. We're also on TikTok and Cameo. If you go to Cameo.com Sinisterhood, you can book us to do a custom personal video shout out so we can say happy birthday. I love you. Happy anniversary. Whatever message you want to deliver to the Sinisterhood fan in your life, we would love to deliver. It's one of our favorite things to do and if you put more info in there and ask us to bust out a puppet or something silly we usually can accommodate those (laughs) requests uh but go to cameo.com
1: and book the uh custom video shout out of your dreams today if you do it in the next uh, 48 hours you'll get one from the beautiful city of wilmington north carolina yeah you have uh this weekend if you do this 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 weekend. weekend this is the only time that we'll we might, be in Wilmington, North Carolina.
0: <laughs> we might be able to do a cameo from a haunted ship, TV. That is true. So we could. We might be able to. Yeah, get it in before like Sunday. So uh, cameo.com slash sinisterhood. Where are you
1: at on the computer? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. And I'm soon going to be on Juggalo Book at, uh, <laughs> I'm going to work off that name because it's got to be really good. And probably a lot of them have been taken, but uh, TBD, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Heather, where are you?
0: Uh, Chicken Hunter sixty nine four twenty on <laughs> Juggalo Book, and then I'm uh, I'm always hunting chickens, and everywhere else at Heather versus the world. I
1: have to listen to the lyrics of this song as soon as we're finished. <laughs> we're just gonna turn it on. Oh, why does sixty nine four twenty always make me laugh? It will never, never not, not make funny. me laugh. I'm sorry, they're funny numbers. They and together. They're the best though. number. It's hilarious. Uh, it's this is Airbnb. Great. I'm
0: going to lose some ranks. They're going to be like, they play juggalo music for <laughs> 72 hours straight. The neighbors complain the whole time. <laughs> they shouldn't have complained. They should have enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Here's a cup of Fago. Why <laughs> don't you go enjoy yourself? And then she's like, we're um, with <laughs> I don't take juggalo coin. And we're like, well, this is how we're paying for this. So you can take it or leave it. <laughs> Listen, we've recently converted the Sinisterhood bank account solely to Juggalo (laughs) coin, and we don't know how to pay you otherwise.
0: So you want money or you want money? She's like, fine, it's fine.
1: Yeah. And then that's how the Juggalo movement, it's a grassroots movement, you know? You You got to force people sometimes into it, but it happens. Do your part. Do your part. As always, the devil and the Juggalos rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Whoop, whoop. Give me that Faygo. (laughs) Wait, I said keep it creepy. You're supposed to say that. I confused myself because I threw in the the whoop whoops. Whoop whoop. Bye ninjas.